Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that finds us all singing Edin Dzeko until June the 10th, maybe. On today's pod, we're looking ahead to a trip to Goodison that felt a lot less tougher last week before Everton remembered where the goal is five times over. This weekend, the title will be shaped, if not decided, and we're here for that. We'll also be venturing around the grounds as always on a Friday, offering our thoughts on the biggest clashes as the season reaches a climax. There's an awful lot to get through, so let's get through it. And with this being such a momentous weekend, I'm joined by momentous roll call of guests. It's only blooming Asan and Howard. Hi, Asan. You well? You there? Morning, mate. I, I am here. I'm here. You sound shocked that I'm here. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm you're here. There. You're there. Right, right. I, I, was here. I was here before you started recording as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I was, I'm oh, I'm splendid. I'm yeah. I'm really really good. I'm I'm in a I've been in a good mood. All really good mood all week. I can't quite put my finger on why, but I probably could if I tried really hard, but maybe I don't want to put my finger on it. But anyway, yeah. I'm in a really good mood. Being in a good mood is just a precious joy that you just got to hang on to, I mean, yeah. It's uh, Absolutely. And, and when someone ruins it, oh my god, it's there's nothing worse. So Let's hope that's not me or Howard today with any thoughts of uh, team selection disagreements when we come to that. But Howard, are you there? Have you got any funky team selections that's going to put Aysan in a bad mood? No. Uh, <laughs> right. I'm here. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> okay, thanks. Good. That's ticked all the questions off, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we it's can Friday. move on. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. It is indeed Friday, yes. Yeah, Friday morning. Very it, early Friday morning. And it stopped raining. I've been absolutely soaked to the skin twice did, going to work in the last two days and yesterday did you have that weird downpour yes i came out of a supermarket wow. yeah, <laughs> i went here. in the supermarket it wasn't raining 10 minutes later I came out and the car park was flooded yeah so it was literally like 50 people just stood there scratching their heads because they couldn't move so it was crazy stood there for 10 minutes and went well it ain't stopping so <laughs> i'm gonna have to go with this uh and yeah, got absolutely soaked. I got yeah. soaked the previous day as well. So I, I had to basically strip off when I got in. It was like I was just soaked to the bone, and all I'd done was just gone to the shop. It was crazy weather. Mm. Uh, UK. Right? UK, indeed. indeed. We always yes. have a weather update on a Friday show. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's sunny now, so, and it's Friday, and it's takeaway night, so I'm all right. So. Oh, okay. Before we move on, very quickly, what, what what's your plans? Oh, uh, Chinese, probably. Right, okay. And what, what's your go-to? Oh, anything. <laughs> right. I'd have everything off the menu, to be honest. I'd have a soup, then ribs, then sweet and sour, yeah, yeah. then duck, then something else. But they do these uh, salt and pepper chips. Now, I should make clear I've never had crack cocaine, Steve. But <laughs> it's how I picture... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The Moorishness of crack yeah. cocaine. Whatever they do to these chips, and they must fry them about eight times. Oh my God, they are the most amazing ch- salt and pepper chips I've ever tasted oh, in my oh, life. I want salt and pepper chips and it's eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'd eat them now, right <laughs> now. Just have a big bowl of them. Aysan, your Chinese go to? Wow. Um, I don't know, is the honest answer. I Probably Peking Duck. Nice, old school, love it. Yeah, I, I, I must confess, I don't really eat a lot of Chinese food. Um, I don't really know why that is either, because I do like Chinese food a lot. Maybe because mm. we, we always end up eating a lot of Japanese, but no, I don't, I don't really eat. Oh, I love Chinese. Japanese. Actually, my, 
I have to say that my go-to takeaway um, is probably Vietnamese. Mm. I'm a huge fan of, of right. Vietnamese food. I'd yeah. say old Thai, uh, old, old Asian Thai. You know, yeah, anywhere I mean, in that region is just exactly, amazing. exactly. Actually, I, I I shouldn't pick a favorite in that region, but for the, at the moment, it's the Vietnamese. Yeah, that's my favorite. And for, for everyone listening in, this is why I don't host a Friday show anymore, because I just get hopelessly waylaid and we start talking about food for the first 10 minutes. I'll tell you what, we'll cut out the Everton preview <laughs> bit of the show. Exactly. We'll just make it, we'll make it a Friday. <laughs> Before we get to the Everton game, we have to look back at um, Tuesday night at the Bernabeu. Uh, and uh, my second apology of the day as well for parenting it as Bernabeu. I've started doing that. It's a bit pretentious, but there you go. Um Cracking result, 1-1. Let's have a kind of an overview from each of you, if that's possible. Um, Aysen, I'll start with you. What was your thoughts on the performance and how do you feel about taking a 1-1 draw to the Etihad? Mm, yeah, I mean, it, it's been... It's been a, it's, it's good to have this conversation three or four days later. I think now, looking back on it, I don't think that we played that well. If, if I'm honest, I think that we we did okay, but we've played a lot better um, in big games this season. I wonder whether a combination of the heat and the occasion um, and a little bit maybe the somewhere in the back of their minds, the memory of, of what happened last season, all of those things um, kind of coalesced into that performance. Uh but on the flip side, I think the result is excellent and incredible, bearing in mind I don't think the performance was that good. Um, I think to to have to basically come back to the Etihad knowing that if we win the game on the night, we go through. I don't think you can... I mean, you can obviously ask for more. You can ask for 3-0 in, in the burnabout to make it easy next week. But no, like realistically, um, that's about as good a situation as you can as you can find yourself in. I think the one thing that we do, I, weirdly enough, the last thing I thought about uh, as I was falling asleep last night, genuinely, was I'm prepared to lose next week in the sense that I absolutely don't look at the game next week as a foregone conclusion. I don't think because we're at home, that just means that we win. Uh, I think Real Madrid, you have to respect what they did on Tuesday, I thought their performance in the second half was really high level. Um, they're not, you know, Madrid are a, a, a funny team in that they don't really press. And in the modern game, it's rare to kind of look at a team that you consider to be one of the best teams in the world as not really being a pressing team. Madrid can be really passive. It's And they can be passive because they've just got incredible intelligent technical footballers who will let you have the ball for as long as you like because when they get the ball back they showed us what a threat they are and I think it's it's probably a, a compliment to them how inhibited we were in our performance I think that speaks to just how dangerous Madrid are and how cognizant we were of how dangerous they can be on the mm. break so Overall, I'm really, uh, I'm really happy with with what happened on Tuesday. I had a question to ask about this game, and I think it would 
perfectly timed to ask it now if it's okay yeah. if both because if you're trying to assess how good City were in this game as Asan said it's, it's Real Madrid are the hardest ones to judge have you played well against them because they don't make sense a lot of the time and they don't have to play well to win and they can be passive and they can just do you because they're always waiting f- for a moment and they and they tend to do it in cups at least but my question was about expectation of the city side now I keep reading it all the time you know of course it started with the treble is inevitable and city are the best team in europe i've been reading that for years and this was like madrid are almost a plucky underdogs in this in this uh, tie do you think even now you can split city fans up but of course the the total you know, negative all the time or panicky or never confident and of course i may fall into that category or maybe i'm just a nervous fan and perhaps the younger fans are confident and, and you know expect us to win everything but have we over has it been over egged how good city are right now now of course what pep's done from you know in the last few months is astonishing and they are a brilliant team of players and they're certainly one of the best in europe but I think we've overegged perhaps just how good this team is, this squad is, because I think it can get better. And we're talk, we'll talk about transfers now we get stronger in the summer. And I think that feeds into whether how good this performance was. Is Some people, I th- generally thought we would go there and batter Real Madrid, but I don't think you can go to the Bernabeu and do that. So whilst it was not a perfect performance, far from it, and there were nervy moments... It was certainly resolute and it was a great result. And I think it's better than some give it credit for because I think yeah. expectations are f- too high in a way. And Pep knew that and got the result he wanted from the game. And that was mirrored in the way City played during the match. Yeah, I completely understand what you're saying and I get it and I agree with much of it. Um, I think the levels now are so high that a draw in the Bernabeu is taken for granted externally as well as within the city fan base uh, whether that's fair right or otherwise um it's hard to say really because i come at it from the viewpoint where i have such my, how i view this city team is i have such supreme faith in them and i have such supreme confidence in pep guardiola and his methods and the blueprint that he's implemented at city that I'm one of them. You know, I don't buy into the kind of hype. You know, if I see kind of some journalist who has, you know, no connection to City saying, oh, you know, the treble's inevitable and they're going to, you know, go to um, Madrid, Madrid of the underdogs, as you say, that, that I, I don't buy into any of that nonsense. But at the same time, my thought process kind of aligns itself with that where I fully trust this City team to go to Madrid and not get battered. And furthermore, I was predicting a 2-1 win for for Real. And I was kind of thinking of it as almost, not an upset, of course, but, you know, a kind of them putting absolutely everything into the game and getting their victory, but then coming back to ours and we'd do them over. So it's kind of, it sounds contradictory to say so, but I don't, I blank out all the hype and the nonsense but I also feel in a, a similar way towards City. Um, 
Does that make sense? Where kind of, mm. you know, cause I guess it's down to motive, isn't it? And kind of motivation as well. So I'm coming at it from a City fan who watches him week in, week out and just adores Pep Guardiola, adores his team and has 100% faith in them. Whereas a journalist right for the Telegraph, for example, they might have ulterior motives when it comes to really talking them up. So maybe it comes down to that. Maybe that's the difference. Mm. I mean, levels-wise, ultimately, it's well, at that stage of the season now, it's just results, isn't it? And I know, it is. I know it at is. full-time, I was happy. And, and it should never be taken for granted, a draw at, at, at Real Madrid. Never, ever, no matter who you are. It's uh, Harlem Globetrotters, you know, it should never be taken for granted. Yeah, but if you're assessing how well City played, I think you've got to take into account, I think that's how Pep wanted us to play. In that. Yes. If it was a second leg, well, would, would we have been more gung-ho? Not, you know, gung-ho is the wrong word, really. It's not... But would we have been more adventurous, basically? You know, certainly when we had that advantage in the first 20 minutes when we had all the ball. Mm. If it was a second leg, obviously, our approach would have been different. And I think how City played was how Pep wanted us to play. And... Of course, we could have lost towards the end, or but that's football. You can't. There's no certainties in it, yeah. and it, we we drew at Le- you know, Leipzig. There was a lot, a lot of criticism for that performance because we absolutely bossed that first half, and the second half was so different. And it was an away draw, and then of course we won seven nil in the second leg. And Pep, you know, was very, I th- if I remember correctly, very positive about that one all draw when few of the fans were. So he understood that taking a draw back to a home second leg in the Champions League knockout stages, that's a good thing. And against Real Madrid, it's a good thing. Of course, they can do us in that second leg, the Real Madrid. But I think you've got to be happy with that result and Absolutely. many aspects of the performance, yeah. But what, what you're second, the second leg is going to be a very different game anyway. Of course, of course it is. Just in, you know, not personnel, but tactically how Pep and Ancelotti approach it. So I don't think you can take everything that happened in that game into the second leg. It's going to be a very different beast. What we have got is we've come away with a on-level pegging with a home tie to come. So, yeah, I think it's yeah very positive vibes for me coming out of that game. Yeah, I mean, and what you, you uh, mentioned there about kind of drawing in Leipzig, for example, and then subsequently drawing in, in Madrid, um, that kind of feeds into something I wanted to, to ask you. And I think I asked you this in the review part, so I want to come to Asan for this. Um, how would you mention that City have drew, how was it, the past five Champions League games now? Away, the away ones, games? yeah. yeah. So we won in Seville the very first one, 4-0, I think. Yeah, and we've drawn five since. I mean, red carded Copenhagen, but you know, yeah. apart from that, yeah, it's draws. It's been draws all the way. Yeah. So, in that kind of regard, then, Asan, would that suggest? And this is a hoary old topic, but it's one that we don't really touch on. Others do, so maybe it's time that we did. Um, could it be suggested that City have learnt now? in Europe, we are fully kind of immersed in, you know, how to deal with these experiences and two-legged ties and and there is absolutely no shred of naivety anymore. Whereas it has to be said, even with great players like Aguero and company and Yaya, there were definitely evidence of um, naivety, I would say, in the Champions League in the past. Um, would, would it be fair to say that we're a different beast these days? I think we are, but I, I, would, I would posit that maybe it's as much to do with Guardiola learning as it is anybody else. Um, I think that 
I just feel as though if I look at the way that he's approached the Champions League this season, then it's probably the most mature and conservative version of Guardiola that we've ever really seen. Um, and that, so an example would be uh, against Leipzig or against Real Madrid on the hour mark in a game that's 1 1, the old Guardiola looks at his bench, looks at his attacking talent, and goes, I can win this game because I can win every game because I'm Pep Guardiola and he'll make three changes or make two changes he'll put two attackers on to go and win the game and then you lose the game, right? And if you go back and look at Guardiola's Champions League knockout record, there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of games that have run away from him because of the way in which his team has set up and the way that they've played. Um, and I feel as though this season, Leipzig and Real Madrid are, fantastic examples of a draw an hour 70 minutes gone you might even be losing one nil he's not making a substitution he's not sending the message to the players you need to go and win this game on the contrary he's sending the message to the players who are on the pitch dig in just dig in you know get the result that leaves it in your hands when you when you get back to the etihad so for me I don't really think it's so much on the players as it is on Pep. I think, you know, again, he's gone from two centre-backs and then Zinchenko and Cancelo, for example, as your left-back and your right-back, to four centre-backs at the back for yeah. the big games. That's a huge change. Even for Pep, that's a really big change. And it it, it feeds into this idea that... In the Champions League, because it's about fine margins, uh, you need defenders. You need lads who you can trust to not make a mistake defensively. And for too many years, we've allowed ourselves to get sucked into games where obviously we've got great attackers and we'll score loads of goals. But going the other way, we'll give loads of goals up. And for me, that's naive. That's always been a kind of flaw in in our makeup. And I remember podcasts that we did two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, where I said categorically, I don't give a shit about attacking fullbacks. I want four lads that can defend because we have some of the best attackers in the world. Why are we asked about the right back or the left back being dead attacking? We don't need that. We just need four guys who you can rely on to do their job in one-on-one -on -one defensive situations. And we've prior to this season we've not really had that so yeah to answer your question i don't think it's about the players learning as much as it is about pep learning mm, i'll go into that and, and i would love to read you know uh, a, a 2000 word article about that as well by you know a football journalist but there never will be a <laughs> but there never will be will there that article will never be and it'll be a fascinating subject to explore and a pertinent one as well but it won't be written. Instead, it'll be, you know, kind of City just basically won again because that's what they do. And it, oh, the, the manner in which we're City, particularly in the Champions League, are written about is nothing short of a disgrace. Yeah. I mean, Pep said he's got ideas for next week, which may get some people very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's a football manager. He's got to have ideas. Like no, he, but he... I was following it with a but in that I'm at the stage now. We've been, there's been a lot of recriminations about past exits in the... Champions League, uh, you know, what Pep's done overthinking, even the system itself, because you know my hatred of the away goals rule. 
how can we go out twice having not been outscored by the opposition? <laughs> it's just illogical to my brain anyway. And I would say that if it was either way around as well. That way everyone knows the system, of course. So, And I feel, you know, I don't want to say anything could happen next week. Uh, but if someone scores a brilliant, if Benzema pings it in from 30 yards to win it, then so be it. That's football in a way. I feel now, and you know, I might come to regret this because Pet might do something silly or someone might make a mistake, but it doesn't really matter now. I think we've we've evolved under Pep in this competition that, yeah, we might go out, but you'd be you'd hopefully be more comfortable about it because it's just, well, you you played another brilliant team and that's how football works. And yeah. it's a cup competition. And that's the good thing about him. He's he's putting out teams that we want to see. He's you know, our defence is resolute and seems stronger. And what happens, happens from now on. And, you know, I feel a bit more zen about the competition. And I don't feel, obviously, desperate to win it. But if we don't, you don't. I feel that, you, you know, it's been 12, I don't know, what, 11, 12 years in this competition? I don't know. And those little baby steps you've taken, we're at a stage now that it, it feels more comfortable watching them in the competition because if they did go out, it would feel it would be for football reasons. So, yeah. And that's why, you know, I do think that in previous years, yeah, that might not have been a draw. Uh, it might have been ended up as a 2 1 defeat or something like that. So, yeah, this, yeah I think it, I think that game did show a new city uh, and it doesn't guarantee us anything in this competition but it does build no. well for the future so well i think so. the, oh sorry man, i was gonna um move on to everton and say that the new city now is going to good soon at the weekend and um, to face a new everton maybe after last week's result um asan 5-1 away at brighton crazy result for, for the toffees for us was that a wholly bad result or nope. can can you put a positive spin on it Nope, that's an excellent result for us. Hey. I, I think that uh, I think Everton actually are safe. Uh, if you look at um, if you look at the fixtures that Leeds and Leicester have, they're done. The Leeds and Leicester are done. The, yeah. the, I think I think relegation is sorted now. Those three clubs that are in the bottom three are going down. I think that Everton will have a completely different mindset this weekend than they had last weekend. Um, and none of this is to say that it'll be an easy game or that they'll roll over for us, but there will not be that desperation of if we don't get something here, we're getting relegated. I think seven days ago, they still had that desperation. If we don't get something here, we're getting relegated. Whereas Sunday, I think it's going to feel a little bit like a party for the Evertonians because I don't think they thought they were getting out of that mess. And I think they'll now know we're pretty much out of this mess. If you look at their, it's not, I think they, their last two games are Bournemouth and somebody else. They don't need to get anything on Sunday. They'll get something out of one of the last two. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that'll guarantee them safety. Um, so no, I, I don't think that that was a, a bad result for City. It's funny. I was, I was listening to the um, uh, uh, Mark Hottie and Julian Laurent's podcast yesterday, and and Julian was uh, he was like, "City are dropping points against Everton on Sunday." He's like, "It's guaranteed, City are dropping points," and Ooh. and I went, "All right." So I was waiting for the qualifier, and the qualifier was Guardiola is going to rotate every single player that he can. I promise you, he's going to rotate every single player that he can. And I took a step back and I thought about it. 
And I went, you know what? Actually, I'm all right with that. Do you, do you think do you think there will be a lot of rotation? I mean, we'll yep. get to the team selection shortly. But yeah. yeah, massively okay. so. Massively so. Guess what? I'm going to shock the pair of you. I think Calvin Phillips starts this weekend. <laughs> that is how heavy we are going on rotation. I a, even... A slice of toast in the middle of a park. <laughs> mate, you, 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 I'm even leaning towards Sergio Gomez starting this weekend. Wow, I I really want to get to that that section of the pod straight away. But <laughs> before we do, we've we've got to look at the opposition because it is pertinent. I should say as well that five one against Brighton, the core scored twice up to that point. They scored twice all season. Um, um, uh, his name escapes me now. The the, the winger uh, Dwight McNeil uh, scored two beautiful goals. He's been hit and miss all season since joining. It's been miss um, and miss. Yeah. Yes. And. Five goals from five shots on target. So that was a one-off. That was an outlier. It really was. So they will have more confidence, Everton. But as Aysan said there, maybe that's not wholly a, a bad thing for us. You know, it, it's there might be a bit of a party spirit. Um, what have you made of Everton this season, Howard? And I think we can all agree they've been underwhelming. Where does the blame lie for that? <laughs> uh <sighs> At the top, I guess. Yeah, agreed, as it has yeah. been for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Shamble just run shambles. Uh, managers, it's one of those like bringing managers who are not capable of doing the job, but would it have made much difference anyway? So, but before the Brighton game, I thought they were, yeah, definitely f- at least fifty-fifty for going down. But that, yeah, a single three points now was pretty much. It's put their relegation odds from like sixty percent down to twenty percent. So, so this weekend Leeds are at home to Newcastle, of course, in the early Saturday game. But Leicester play on Monday night at home to Liverpool. So, I totally disagree. There'll be a party. I mean, it'll be the atmosphere will be much better than it would have been if they'd lost to Brighton. Much, much better. But party atmosphere? No, they're only two points clear of the relegation zone. Yeah, so but it's, it's Wolves away and Bournemouth at home. I think are the other two. Yeah. So yes opportunity for three four points there at least maybe they should be okay but they're absolutely not safe I don't know what to make of that that Monday game worried me as much as it looked like Brighton has spent and they've got Arsenal of course this weekend but hey we've got to play Brighton so if they're permanently spent <laughs> yes and March did his hamstring, I think, didn't he? In that's you know, in the lead up to that second um, McNeil mm. goal. So you know, it works for both of us in that respect. And it's just now, it's like focus. Well, City, just do your job. You know, like don't be there going praying for Arsenal to drop points. Yeah, they've been they've been an absolute shambles, but they always find a way to stay up somehow. And uh, we had a WhatsApp chat didn't we I said I want them to go down it's like why why I've got friends who are Everton fans and I just feel it it was their time it's like they've <laughs> been fighting it for so long that maybe you know they deserve a, a season in the championship I've, I've got family who are Everton fans my entire in-laws are Evertonians so mm. I, I I don't want it purely for that selfish reason I just that's don't fair enough if you know people, gloom around the house <laughs> yeah the people I know are yeah decent folk as well I was just looking at it as a football in yes view. yeah yeah and yeah. that very suspicious Wimbledon game. So <laughs> just hold hold a grudge for yeah, yeah. long memories. I was going to say fans, so. it's like thirty years ago. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, but come on, mate. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, no, I mean the bit I mean, when they bought Dyson, it was like, 
what you're planning what you're planning for here to keep up this season or for the long term because if, so if he keeps them up are Everton fans going to be happy with them for the next five years? You know, it's like, I thought he'd do enough with the home form, but that Newcastle game made me think, oh my God, they really are a shambles. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the way they played against Brighton, I don't know what to expect now. It's always a tough place to go, of course. It'll be raucous and mm. City have to be very professional about it and it will be a huge test for City. But you've got me worried now about the rotation, you know, because if it was our stronger side... That it doesn't matter what Everton did last week. <laughs> you know, it really shouldn't matter. Mm. Uh, we should win that game comfortably. Okay, well, uh, one more question from then we'll get to the lineup um, or predictions. Um, Aysen, I, I accept that you're confident. I love that you're confident. I share your confidence, but there must, you know, as Howard said, Goodison is a tough fixture, no matter what the circumstances. What are you most concerned about in that regard? Is it an individual player? Is it dice ball? Or is it the raucous atmosphere as Howard alluded to? I didn't say I was confident of winning the game. I just said that I feel that Everton will feel that they're safe. Right, okay. Um, I, I, Howard, obviously I don't mean literally. I, I, I see that you took some umbrage at me saying that there'll be a party atmosphere. The, yeah, there fucking fuming, will be a party atmosphere. I bet, you any, I bet you any money there's a party atmosphere there on, on Sunday because they will feel, even though they're not mathematically safe, they will feel mm. as though they're in the driver's seat and that's something that they haven't been in for quite a while. But So from, from a City point of view, um, I am... Uh, looking at this fixture more and more as the results in the last two months have allowed Guardiola, will allow Guardiola. I'm not going to say to throw the, the fixture this weekend, but it will allow him to approach it with the idea that a point is enough. We'll take the point. If we can get a point there, yeah? If I rotate heavily and I get a point, that's great. I, I've been thinking a lot about that final week, Chelsea, Brighton, Brentford. It's a question for you two. If you if you look at the the history of Pep and this team and, and run-ins and things like that, I think we handle well the idea of three cup finals wins you the league. I think we've historically done really well with the idea of the players, the dressing room, knowing you go out there today, you win the game, you got to win one more and you've won the league. And I think that I have a lot of confidence in our ability to turn up in that final week and finish it off. Um, so I'm leaning very much towards Sunday. Is it Sunday or Saturday? Whatever day. Uh, it is. Sunday. Yeah. Sunday, yeah. But Sunday, I'm, I'm leaning towards Sunday being um, a heavily, heavily rotated team. And that's not to say that that heavily rotated team can't win it because if you're putting Alvarez in, if you put Foden in, if you're putting Mares in, you've got you've got guys there who've got points to prove who are probably trying to earn a place. I think there might be a spot available on Wednesday, I am not totally, totally convinced that it's exactly the same team uh, against Madrid next Wednesday. So I do think that Foden, Mares, and Alvarez, in different ways, can potentially put them into put themselves into contention for the game on Wednesday. So for that reason, I don't fear. I don't. It, I'm not. I'm not saying that we'll lose or we'll drop points. I'm just saying that 
that's the game where the rotation can and will come. Well, there's a middle ground, isn't there? You can name four players and we're not that you know, particularly weaker. Yeah, yeah. So Alvarez, yeah. Mahrez, Foden, you know, Laporte can play, of course, easily. Well, you're not putting out a weak inside there. Then you move to the next level, which is Gomez and Phillips, and then yeah. people will really be panicking. I think the uh, Howard. I think the problem we have, and and I actually, it's not a problem, but it's probably something to look at in the summer. It really was reinforced on Tuesday night, and that is that if you're going to play Gundo and Bernardo in the same team, you don't have a substitute. What I mean by that is, like a, the game, the game on Tuesday night. What it was crying out for, I think everybody was was dead on their feet at 70 minutes. And I think that what we needed was a Gundogan on the bench or a Bernardo Silva on the bench that you can bring on who's got the quality and who's got fresh legs. And in centre midfield, we don't have that because the only option we've got is Calvin Phillips. Um, so I think... You, obviously- you don't really think he's going to start, do you, sir? Yeah, I do genuinely. Like, no way can Rodri play against Everton and then play against Real Madrid. No way. But what I about Gu- Gundo taking the role instead? Though I just I can't. He's been overlooked so often. Um, he's been humiliated. Let's be honest about it. Um, I just can't see him starting. I mean, I don't know. I they better sell it. him if they if they, yeah. if they don't if he doesn't start the weekend. They better sell him this summer because I'm just not. I just can't get my head around lads in the squad picking up fat paychecks who just can't get a game because the manager doesn't trust them. You shouldn't have players like that in your squad. But I've seen, I saw some report the other week about or th- this week, even about city saying that, Oh, you know, that or maybe it was Fabrizio Romano saying that they want Calvin Phillips to fight for his place. Give over, get in the bin with that. Like what are you talking about? The lads had, you know, the lads had about four minutes of football this season, quite clearly, they don't think he's good enough. And the idea that uh, a summer holiday, <laughs> the idea that Calvin Phillips is going to go away on a summer holiday and come back as the reincarnation of Sergio Busquets, just not happening for me. Mm. Yeah, it's a problem pick for Sunday because I'd expect Gundogan to be rested as well. Yeah. If, if yeah. Pep wants to yeah. play him in the second leg, then I'm not sure Gundogan can play Sunday either. And nor can Rodri. So then, what's your options then? So, so here's the thing what about I think. heavy rotation and you know having those cup finals in the final week. Why make it difficult for yourself? Well, the answer is because of Madrid on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, there's, there's five days between the first leg and this Everton game, and there's only three games, uh, three days after the Chelsea game to the Brighton game, but that second leg looms on the horizon, and it may well factor into what Pep does this weekend. So let's, I think let's gonna... get to that then. Aysen, can I have your team? And then, Howard, I want you to respond with any disagreements you may have, where, who you think Pep will go with instead. So, Aysen, from, from back to front, who who are you anticipating Pep will go with? Before I go there, I just want to finish the, the, the comment yeah, that I was to, to Howard. That I think that I think the, the one of the things is that I, I completely take your point about the amount of time between games, but I think that the... I think Real Madrid is is going to be far more emotionally draining, uh, never mind physically, than any of the league games that we've got left. And so I think that you've got to be cognizant of the fact that if you start playing Rodri, KDB, Haaland, Stones, all of these lads against Everton, then at the full-time whistle 
against Real Madrid on Wednesday night, you might you might then have a problem for Chelsea at the weekend. Whereas I think that if you rest as many of them as you can this weekend and you basically go, right, you know what, lads? You've got eight days between the first Real Madrid game and the second Real Madrid game. I think it gives them a little bit more in term uh, that's i don't know because obviously i'm not a physio i don't know how the periodization of training and stuff works but for me instinctively i'd want to give everybody the weekend off knowing that right from real madrid onwards you got four cup finals five if you want to count the fa cup final and at the end of it you six if you want to include the champions league final you're going to win everything so this is the last opportunity i believe for a big rest for everybody. So I would take it. Sorry, Steve. Now Psych- I'm going no, to psychological it. side is like, when does it not matter? It's like winning a, ma- you know, winning a marathon when you see that the final, the, you know, the finishing line. Mm. We're probably not at that stage yet where they can just power through because they can see the end of the season. No. So. Whereas yeah. I think Chelsea, I think that Chelsea game, because it's like you're sat there and you're going, lads, it's tired. What are you talking about, tired? You got three games and then you will have done the three peat. Literally, you got three games in a week. And at the end of that week, you're going to be picking up that big shiny trophy. I I think next weekend is is when we get into that home straight idea of okay, we just power through from here. But yeah, for the moment I'd be I'd be going heavy rotation so steve with that in mind the team um edison has to start he's already been rested once in recent weeks he can't be rested twice yeah i think i think edison will i think edison will start um i'll come back to right back i think that akanji and laporte should play at center back I think that uh sergio gomez should play at left back i think the midfield should be and i'm going to tell you my team for madrid as well which will will make this make more sense i think the midfield should be uh phillips and gundogan i think you should play foden and Mares on the rink on the wings and i think you should play harland and alvarez up top you should go heavy 4-4-2 for that game and the reason that i pick that team is because i think the change that you make for real madrid is you put bernie in the middle and you pick whoever plays better out of Mares and and foden and you start with them because then that gives you if you have the lead it gives you the change that we didn't have uh, in midweek and that is that you've got um gundo from the bench you've got a lad who can come on calm it down keep the ball kill the game because you've got that lead and you want this game dead now um i think the the having only the attacking substitutions from the from the bench is also problematic because if you're winning one nil with 70 minutes to go against real madrid on 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 wednesday night you want that game killed you want a move from the bench that just brings everybody down and just brings everybody back into their shape and you want the maturity and the experience you want all that stuff from the bench so with that in mind that's how i've picked those two teams um fair enough um i didn't get a right back from you for the for everton i guess we'll have to go with walker yeah yeah i mean i'd pick lewis but i i i I'm I'm going heavy on the. In fact, I am picking Lewis. So there you go, Rico Lewis, Akanji Laporte, <laughs> and Sergio Gomez is the back four, and the, the entire audience has just fainted. Howard, uh, here's some smelling salts. And <laughs> what? Who do you disagree with there? Thanks. As regards to who Pep will go with, obviously not your own. Yeah, no, there's no way Phillips is starting. So forget. I, I can't see Phillips, and I can't see Gomez. Ever. I think you might have to go with someone like Gundogan. I don't know. Yeah. 
Uh, I think Lewis, yeah. I think Akanji at left-back remains, maybe. Stones, Laporte, I think it'll be a bit stronger than perhaps others. But I definitely Mares, Foden, Alvarez. Yes, yes, I can see that. Bernardo in the middle, yeah. Ah, who's he going to rest? Look, he will rest four minimum, mm. I think. Yeah. Rodri, Haaland, I think, does not start this game. Possibly Kevin De Bruyne, if he is leggy, if he's fatigued, or just because, yeah, there's no spring chicken. Bernardo, I'm not sure about, he might rotate him out as well. So, yeah, we are short numbers here. <laughs> yeah, that's a, the problem we have, the three of us doing this, and everyone listening in and, and you know, thinking themselves who, who they'd go with and who Pep should go with, we've got a smallish squad and nothing's ever perfect. So we're kind of trying to find a perfect solution. And but it's so for example, a perfect example would be Rodri. Oh no, let's go with Gundo. Gundo is a perfect example. Gundo in a holding role, rest Rodri, great. But we don't want that. Ideally, we don't. We want to rest Gundo as well, but you can't rest both. You just can't rest both. So because nothing's perfect at this stage, and there will be one player or two player who starts at a weekend and start against Chelsea, etc., etc., who you're thinking, oh, come on, give him a rest. He needs a rest today because nothing's perfect. Um, it's just minimising that, isn't it, and trying to make it as perfect as we can. And with um, the press conference later, so we won't know what he's going to say, obviously, things might become a lot clearer then. Uh, we yeah. don't know the AK situation either. Do we, we don't know who has, who has niggles as well. We just Yeah, there's so much things we don't know but um, I, I doubt there's much training at the moment you know no high intensity training it's just uh, yeah I, I've re I read a couple of years ago that at this point of the season they essentially don't train at all they just toss around because it's the games of a training now in terms of fitness mm. you know because they're coming so thick and fast so okay well that was that was fascinating that actually um, I, I can't wait to see to what time would it be when the teams are announced and, and on Sunday find out? Hey, Sands just ruined my day now. <laughs> I want why? No, oh, I got greedy, didn't I? Like, honestly, I've said it, I've said it twice on previous podcasts too. Well, I'm a nervous person. So uh, I hope Brighton are a spent force and that that way Arsenal and City both win against them comfortably. I'll take that as a trade off because we're ahead of them in the table. And that's one game chalked off. Two months ago, I would snapped your hand off to like get into last week and say you win those two games or three if you want to include Chelsea and your champions then I got really greedy <laughs> as Arsenal failed to win four games on the row I want to be one point needed in that last uh, weekend and that last those two games to win the title yeah uh, it's it's been a bit a tad optimistic of course so but you know it, it's just the way it's cut, yeah, it is. It's uh, <laughs> the churn of games right now. Of course, after the season. is it easy, Howard? Is it easier for you now though? Because we encounter this season after season. Has, has it become easier for you to deal with? I'm a bit more zen this season, yeah. Because I, I always said going up for the league against like a United originally, then Liverpool multiple times was far more stressful mm. than going up against it against yeah. Arsenal. As irritating, Would you take as, as irritating as they'd be online after the end of the season. Uh, four points going into the last two games to win the title. Yeah, you'd take that. It's eight points. Anyway, our, su our goal difference is superior enough that it, the bottom line is eight yeah. points from four games. Let's say we drew at Everton. 
Everton, then we could still beat Ch- uh, Chelsea and it'd be four points from the last two games. That's okay. Mm. But what were you that saying, gives so- you leeway going into the last two games. Would you take a draw at the weekend if it meant you beat Madrid? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yes. Begrudgingly, I would, Asan, yeah. yeah. I've, I, and the thing with Madrid, of course, they can coast to whoever they've got this weekend because the league's long gone for them. So. Yes, true enough. Uh, yeah, good point, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, before we move on from Everton, um, the, the, the biggest question of all, really, uh, I'll start with you, Asan. How do you think it will actually play out? How do you think, um, what do you think will happen? Probably one of the most unpredictable games of the season for us. I think in many respects, it's difficult to know. Um, A lot will obviously depend upon the team selection. I think it will be nervy, and I think that it will be uh, tight. I don't think it will be a game that's got loads of goals in it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if... City put in a really flat, abject performance. It wouldn't genuinely wouldn't shock me. I mm. think the only the only thing that would sway me away from that idea is I think that Foden, Alvarez, and Mares genuinely have something to play for on Sunday, um, and so I think that that might well be the the place where it feels like a regular City performance. But outside of that, I think it's going to feel a bit flat, maybe even a little bit lacking in rhythm and disjointed um all the all the lovely hallmarks of a of a nervy afternoon at Goodison Park <laughs> exactly which we are become used to i mean Absolutely. the last four times we've won the league we've had to play everton in a you know, sorry howard i'm going to say the words must win game um late in the season <laughs> and, and we've we've got through them all if four we, times so if we are winning 1-0 right with 10 minutes to go Who's doing their Edin Dzeko impression and just lying down on the pitch like they've been shot? Grealish yeah. is the man for the occasion. Yes. Yeah, it might be. You can't like that, Howard. I think Don't, it might be Grealish for that one. I'd prefer a last-minute winner off Rodri's arm. That'd be... Sure. Oh, God. Oh, no, 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 no. Again, in-laws, in-laws. Um, before... I ask you, Howard, um, just a couple of stats, just to reassure people. So, Daesh has come up against Pep on 15 occasions and has yet to, to beat him. Um, City are unbeaten in 12 against Everton. And as I say, the last four times we've won the league, we've gone there late in the season and we've ground out wins. So, it, it's in our DNA. Howard, how do you think it'll play out? I think Ace has said it. It's impossible to know what you're going to get from both sides here. Mm. Uh, I... Probably a game of pa- for patience. My guess, which counts for very little, is they'll throw everything at us early doors. Uh, yeah, and the crowd will be booing for every throwing they don't get and every foul. Howard, so, sorry to interject, but would a draw be good for Everton? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. With the two games we've got left after that. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on what Leeds do before them and what Leicester do after them. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't be... If I'm an Everton fan, I w- They'd be fairly confident Leicester can't beat Liverpool on the Monday night because they, yeah, they, I was watching a lot of the Fulham game and they're just they're a mess at the back anyway. They're so porous, and I'd be surprised if Leeds beat Newcastle as well. So they'll know one of the two, you know. But either way, yeah, draws good for them because they'll have the confidence. If they've gone to Brighton and won, then drawn against City, they'll have confidence to pick up at least four points from yeah. two inferior games at the end of the season. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
it would be good for them, yeah. They absolutely would have tugged out beforehand when they four points yeah. into Brighton and City. Um, and, yeah, Sco- they were better side since uh, Mina, you know, made a glass, is he not? But when he's in and Calvert Lewin also Calvert-Lewin made a glass back in, for them. those yeah. two players made a huge difference on the day. Yeah, so absolutely. De- those two are two key players for them. City have to deal with Calvert Lewin and uh, they'll probably target the other defenders more than Mina, perhaps. But maybe, yeah. But yeah. Pep will pick a physical side as well, and you have to consider that when he makes his choices. Um, score prediction from you, Howard? Go on, 2-1 City, nervy. I'm going 3-1, but nervy. Um, Asan, score prediction? 1-1. One, one. One. Okay, um, quickly before we move on, um, Asan, would you say it's an advantage to play ahead of Arsenal, um, or would you rather the other, the other way around? Um... Can I can I just say it doesn't really matter at this point? Yeah, I don't I, I I don't really think that there's any advantage or disadvantage disadvantage with this little time and this few games left. I think the the nerve is the nerve. You've got to hold it. I think particularly because of our Champions League game and the fact that we will rotate. I think quite heavily this weekend. I don't think it's going to make. I think I think it's an advantage for us this weekend, particularly in the fact that. If we throw Sergio Gomez and Calvin Phillips and those lads in at the starting lineup and then beat Everton, I think Arsenal are giving up. Exactly that. I mean, they, they've then got to face Brighton. Really tricky game. They're four points behind and we're level on games. So that is the... And surely even you, Howard, <laughs> would have to say for Arsenal that is a must-win game. Uh, and that puts all the emphasis and all the pressure on them against you know a very, very good side in Brighton. So in this instance, I think it's an advantage. But elsewhere a lot of times it's not and a lot of times as you say it doesn't matter um okay i just want to quickly touch on the present form of kdb because if kdb plays well we play well and if we play well we're going to win a treble so passes are going astray he's looked leggy at times but he just keeps producing moments of pure magic howard will that suffice until the end of the season or do we need him to put in those you know, those like like the sort of wolves, you know, the all round influential performances. Um, could you see those happening for the end of the season, or are we reliant now on just those game changing moments from him? Well, I mean, in the past, when he's played badly, he can still put in two crosses that should have been goals that aren't or were goals or whatever. Yes, yeah. And if he pings one in like he did during the week, then yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, everyone's suffering now, let's be honest. Probably everyone's pushing through right now. So it's about gathering yourself for that final stretch. So it's, I wouldn't take too much from that Madrid game because it wasn't a game where the obvious candidates in big games like that, it's not always the obvious candidates that make the difference. I mean, on the day, two of the biggest players, Vinicius and Kevin De Bruyne came up with moments of genius. So it was in a way, but it was a tough game. And yeah, I don't. I wouldn't overanalyze Kevin De Bruyne's performance prior to that goal. You know, to tell us a lot about what would happen next week or Everton away if he played or something like that. I think he has. He's been. You know, he reached heights earlier in the season that as high as anything he's been at. His stats are still ridiculously good, even if you think he's struggling. And generally, in the past, when I think he's struggling, it's looked like fatigue. It's it's when he's come back from injuries as well. He's one of those that takes a couple of weeks to warm up. Uh, 
like Carland, who's managed very carefully, he needs to be managed as well because, of course, he is in his 30s now. So he's capable at any moment of doing something spectacular. So, Ugh. yeah, I don't think he's been at his absolute peak in recent weeks, but we're at that stage of the season where you can't really start evaluating players like that. He'll, he'll have enough in the tank in the home game next week and the big games that matter to come up with something if need be. Ace, any of that you disagree with or anything you'd like to add to that? Um, I think that... No, I mean, look, I, I agree with most of that. I think that uh, Kev is key to to almost everything that we do. I don't really have... I don't... I'm not convinced that he looks particularly leggy or anything like that. I think uh, Tuesday was just a particularly sapping game and I think it's been a... Um, it's been an, a very intense period of football going all the way back to the Liverpool home game. I think it, it, the Liverpool home game for me began a period of football that was incredibly challenging for for the squad, particularly because we use a very limited amount of players as well. There's so little rotation. Um, but I'm not worried about that in terms of what's left because as professional footballers, they live for this. Now they have in their hands the three biggest trophies that arguably they can win. Um, and they have what, like I said, five or six games. And at the end of that period, they can, they can lift those trophies. And these are all really competitive, high level, hungry winners. Kev, none more so than Kev. So for me, um, I really look forward to De Bruyne. I just, I, 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 I have faith that we can win any game of football that Kevin De Bruyne starts. Simple. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, let's turn our attentions now to the Gunners against the Seagulls. Um, Howard, it was suggested earlier that Everton will have a huge psychological boost from beating Brighton five one last week. Does the does the same apply? Well, I guess the opposite apply to the Seagulls. Will they be? psychologically impacted by losing in such a manner last week. I should say that they've lost nine previous games to that this season and seven of those times they have thumped the opposition thereafter. So they have got kind of a track record for responding well to defeats, but this was a this felt like a bit of a dismantling to me. And coming towards the end of the season and the fact that, you know, top four is kind of out of bounds now for them, I do worry that this will impact on them um, am I right to worry yeah I mean it was such a weird performance I mean they were just every time Everton went forward they looked like they were going to score uh, which just made no sense it goes against everything Brighton have been this season uh, it's hard I don't I mean six if they are absolutely shagged then at least there's a six day gap between the two games but they're in seventh so I don't know how the European the Europa League works but will 6th get into the Europa League I think it might. they've still got things to play for here so they can't be on the beach to be honest yeah a lot of it depends doesn't it on how the teams have both finished their seasons who mm. wins the FA Cup and who would yeah yeah. so no they don't really want to just tail off now uh, and as I said if they do then fine just make sure you do it in your penultimate game as well uh, I can only see a comfortable home win for Arsenal here because I do I think there were signs there last week from Brighton especially losing Marsh again to injury that they have kind of run out of steam and 
Arsenal themselves have proven that they're not just going to give up. You know, they've they've pulled out two results. They win at Newcastle. They go into that. I just I won't even be following that game. It, it's got comfortable <laughs> all over for me, and I will be right about this Brighton prediction, unlike last week. So fair enough. Yeah, we were both hopelessly wrong. Um, Aiton, I've got a twofold question for you. First, your your kind of thought on Arsenal v Brighton and how you think it it will go, and the second question concerns Arteta's men really in. I know it's social media and I know a lot of it should just be discounted, but I'm already seeing the word bottlers and I can't stand that. And I don't think it's fair in this instance. I think they've had a four game winless stumble and how they've responded since then with two wins on the bounce, I think shows that they've got a lot of metal um, and an awful lot about them. And so would you deem it unfair if Arsenal finished runner up and were subsequently viewed to be bottlers? I think we should stop normalising uh, internet banter mm. as as real, genuine, informed opinion. I just, I have, I have, I've never, I've never seen. Uh, I, I don't think I've seen anybody who I respect or a sensible person say that Arsenal have bottled anything. So that that the idea comes from the idea that we normalise these clowns on social media that that like to say things for for attention. They will finish on ninety points or ninety two mm. points if they win their last three games. Come yeah. on, come on. I mean, that's if anybody finishes on 90 plus points and I include Manchester city in this and you don't win the title, that is perfectly fine. That is perfectly, perfectly fine. Football is, it's, it's just, it's a, the premier league is so challenging to get that many points. It's just an incredible feat in and of itself. Um, so no, I, I don't think that they're any more, that word that you use <laughs> yes liverpool uh were last season or in the other seasons where it was that close i just think yeah no i'm i'm, I'm i don't really view it like that i will say though that i could completely disagree with howard about the way that the game plays out um between arsenal and brighton i was quite surprised by the level of praise that was l- leveled at arsenal after the Newcastle game. I don't think Arsenal were that good. On another day, Newcastle scored three goals in the first half. Newcastle got themselves into tons of really, really excellent goal-scoring positions and then just couldn't quite finish it off. And so I think that that weakness that has, for me, has been there um, since Saliba went down, continues to be there. And I think that Deserby and the Brighton players will react to what happened against Everton. I think that they will, it's not just about playing for pride, it's playing for moves, playing for new contracts, playing for Europe next season, playing to show that everything that they've done this season and all the work that they've put in wasn't a fluke. So, I just don't think it'll be an easy game for Arsenal. I don't think that it'll be a game in which Arsenal comfortably cruise to a 3-0 lead and Brighton don't get close. Um, I think that it will be a very, very, very tight game. I Unlike Howard, I definitely will be tuning in because it's a game there where the result really matters to me. It's a game where I 
really do expect lots of goals. It was 4-2, wasn't it, in the corresponding tie, and I can't see this being a 1-0. There's going to be goals in this. Um, so, yeah, for those reasons. And also, it's a, it's a, it's a game I can't predict in, in terms of who scores those goals. It's a really... Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So You'll be turning off after half an hour. <laughs> possibly. I, yeah, I have... I mean, Arsenal could have had five in the first half at Newcastle, so it works both ways, doesn't it? And they'll win comfortably on Sunday, so... Okay, Here's well, me trying to curse it. You see what I'm yeah. doing here? Yes, Arsenal definitely will win. Well, definitely win, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> 100% definitely, and this will definitely not backfire on me saying it. Definitely no. not. Um, let's turn our attention to the top four. Um, in fact, this actually could lead into another discussion about potential bottling because United have really fallen away. Um, Liverpool, to their credit, um, are winning week in, week out. Um, Asan and Liverpool right back in this now. Um, and then I'm going to line up a really big question for the two of you after that. But would you say at this point, Liverpool are right back in the top four, Chase? Mathematically, yeah. I think if you look at United's fixtures, um, particularly their home fixtures, I think that they will just about um, crawl over the line. Yeah. Uh, but sure, I'm, 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 I'm sure that the Scousers are, you know, confident that that they can do it and that United can bottle it. Uh, they've been on a good run, though. Fair play, have, Scousers. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, they've been on a really good run in the league, so um, begrudgingly, I'll give them a little bit. They, they've they've doubled down on, on their front three, and that's that's all they've got. I mean, I'm not dis- discrediting that. It's, just, it's, a, it's an awesome kind of strategy when it works, um, but that's what they do. They just double down on their front three, and if they're fit and firing, which they are, then they are a force to be reckoned with. Every um, game well, won by a single goal, bizarrely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, yeah. because, uh, so, I, I don't know if any of you noticed, but they spend the whole season playing two, a two and a three in the build-up, right? And they were, ju- they were just getting overrun over and over and over again. Um, and the Arsenal game is the first time that they switch to a three and a two. Yeah, so Trent becomes a midfielder and Andy Robertson plays tucked in uh to make it a back three and that's the the basically robbing what guardiola and arteta yes. has been doing yeah. has been klopp's solution to how to ride out their bad period um yeah and they won games by the odd goal because they are again they're not they're not stable and they're not they're not as stable and balanced as they probably want to be so once they go ahead it feels very much as though it's about managing games and making sure that you don't concede. Fair enough. Um, okay, here's a big question. And I'll start with you, Asan, of a new Howard. I asked uh, the guys this last week. Who would you personally rather miss out on a top four spot, United or Liverpool? Um, the Scousers. Okay. Um, I, I can't even remember who I said now, but I th- I'll always go Liverpool. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I think they're a greater threat in seasons to come, potentially. So if they miss down top, and I think a lot of their transfer activity would be more hindered if they miss out than it would United. So in that regard, I think, yeah, I'd prefer Liverpool to miss out. Um, Howard? I feel I should be, you know, ingrained in me to say United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But- yeah, I think Liverpool are showing that they are still more dangerous than United, and United's away form against big sides—you know, the top like eight, nine sides this season—has shown just how much they've got to do. And I think their ownership issues might actually hamper them big time during the summer. 
you know, in their, in Ten Hag's plans to actually improve this team and get things right. So I think Liverpool are always dangerous, yeah, when they qualify for the Champions League. Yeah. So I would probably, yeah, stick with the top four as it is. Okay. Um, let's end today with kind of going around the grounds and just like a comment or two or just a scoreline prediction, whichever you prefer. Um, but kind of keep them short, really, and we'll kind of whiz through because there's quite a few games we haven't touched on. So Leeds, Newcastle, I think Newcastle's got this and I think Leeds are down, as you said at the top of the show, Asan. Um, would you agree with that? Yes. Um, scoreline prediction? I don't know. Newcastle win. <laughs> Newcastle win. I'm, I'm going to 3-1 Newcastle. Howard? Big Sam. He's got something up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. A pie. Chewing gum, yes. <laughs> a wine. Some wine just it's wired into his uh, his hat. I, don't, yeah. I really want Newcastle to win this. Uh, I'm, I'm so annoyed that Leeds have appointed Sam Allardyce. Same. I hope yeah. they don't get a single point in the rest of the season. Same. I don't want him to get the three million pound bonus or whatever just for winning a couple of games uh, and picking himself up in press conferences. So I, th- you know, I honestly thought they were pitiful against City. Absolutely pitiful with very little idea apart from ping it down the middle to. Bamford, but Newcastle have got their big physical defenders. They should win this easily. So, I'll, mm. but I'm not. I don't think they'll run right or anything. But a nil-two wouldn't surprise me for Newcastle. Okay, uh, Aston Villa, Tottenham's quite a tricky one to call. Villa have looked really good at home. Uh, they've won the last four or five games to nil at home, but. Spurs looked quite well organised last week. Very unspursy indeed last week against Palace. And that bodes well for them. And given the fact that they've got Kane and Son's back in form, I'm going for a 1-0 for Spurs. Um, Asen, how to see this one playing out? Yeah, I think um, I think Villa will, will win this. I think they've had a couple of not great results uh, off the back of a really great run of form. Um, so I expect them to bounce back. Okay, Howard? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think they might have just be coasting over the line now for the season. What, Villa? Yeah. Yeah. So, one all, I think Spurs might get a point out of this. Mason's got them a bit more organised and, yeah, yeah. one, one yeah. all. I don't it's think it's going to be a classic, let's put it that way. No, no, it's going to be low scoring, I feel. Um, is it, is it, <laughs> See, um, now it's going to be 7 all. So. <laughs> Here's a really interesting one. Chelsea Forest. Forest have picked up six points from possible 51 away from home all season. They are dire away from home i've been saying all year that unless they turn that round they're going down they could actually stay up whilst consistently being dire away from home chelsea won last week and you just don't know it might have just clicked put something into place there but it's hardly as if they're looking imperious right now chelsea um as boring as it gets two nil chelsea um ace i now to see it playing out i think chelsea win hmm a forest could they still go down for you or have you you're firmly to the flag now it's going to be Southampton Leicester Leeds yeah I think those three are done genuinely I think that they're done I think the, the this weekend of results will probably um, reinforce that yeah okay Forest have got more points than Everton so yeah but yeah, I want I want Chelsea to remain terrible for obvious reasons because we're playing next week. And it's really funny. <laughs> but I just I wouldn't. Yeah, but I would never ever back Forest to do anything away from home. I think no. picking up home points is where it's at. And you know they're even very 
given the last game, they, were, they did seem, you know, I don't know. <laughs> they could easily have thrown that game away. Uh, they were all, all over the place at times, but of course they got the goals up front uh, because their opposition were all over the place as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got a feeling of a 2-0 home win all over it, to be honest. It has. Um, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, let's just whiz through these now. Kind of, um, nil, I'm, nil. Next. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go <laughs> for 2-1 Palace. Aysen? I'm with Howard, nil, nil. Okay, United Wolves has got 2-0 all over it. Yeah. Again, and it'll be Fernandez threading it to Rashford on the break and blah, blah, blah. Two I'd say United. they've got three, three of their four home games, I think, at home, United. Yeah. So yeah. They should call over the line for top four with something to spare, to be honest. Wolves, I've got to say, have just been such an odd team all yeah. season. You just never really? know with them, do you? It's just... um, Santa, can you expect Wolves to get anything from this? No, I don't expect Wolves to get anything from this game. Okay, um, Southampton, Fulham. Uh, Fulham, uh, Fulham are going down, aren't they? Uh, f- sorry, Southampton. Southampton go- yeah, Southampton going down. I'm going to go for a weird one here. I'm going for 3-0 Fulham. Um, and it'll just be an awful day at St. Mary's. Um, Asim? Can I shock you? I think Southampton might win this game even though they're getting relegated. Don't go down me. fighting. Yeah, well, I mean... We've seen it before, and and you know, no doubt we'll see it again. It and it just—they've got something in them. I mean, you know, okay, you lost at Forest, but it's four-three. You know, they, they kept on fighting back. They have got a bit of fight about them. Um, yeah, Howard, that fight must have gone now. I th- yeah. I mean, you can win every game, and they'll still be very—you know—need a miracle to stay up because everything else left to go. Yeah. Them. I'm going for one all, and kids crying in the crowd. <laughs> I was going to say the same. I was going to say exactly the same. Um, two more to go. Brentford, West Ham. Really interesting game, but obviously it clashes with Everton City, so we'll see a second of it. Um, oh, West Ham, surprise win for me. Um, Aysam? No, I don't think West Ham win. They just played in Europe, didn't mm. they? Uh, mm, on on the point, Thursday yeah. night. Very averagely, um, I might say. Yeah, no, I, I don't think West Ham win that game. I think it's either a draw or Brentford nick it. Okay, Howard? 2-0 Brentford. 2-0 Brentford. And lastly, Leicester, Liverpool. Can Leicester get anything against Liverpool? Um, a draw for me. Uh, I'm going to go 2-2. Asam? Really? No, Scouts yeah. are absolutely filleting them, man. That's, <laughs> that's ending a cricket score. Mm. What you agree, Howard? Uh, oh, Liverpool win, yeah. That, yeah. Honestly, okay. I, I think I have actually watched, you know, like kind of background TV, but it's been on uh, a lot of Leicester recently. Mm. Well, obviously, one of them was against us uh, until we s- decided to stop playing after about 50 minutes. <laughs> uh, they're just so bad at the back. I mean, they're so bad and disorganised. It's like... No, I just, you know, Liverpool only have to be competent, I feel, to have plenty of joy mm. in front of their goal. <sighs> Leicester might have a goal in them, a set piece something. I'm going to go 1 3 with, with Liverpool not having to try that hard to get that. So. Fair enough. Um, right, lads, we have covered an awful lot of ground, and thank you for doing so. Um, thank you, Aysan. Pleasure, mate. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Howard. Yeah, thanks for hosting. I really enjoyed being on the show. 
Pleasure, man. And thanks everyone for listening in. As always, that's a wrap for today, folks. We're off to wish all the best to the eight-year-old at my local barber's who this week asked for a Jack Grealish haircut and insisted he was then going to grow it into a Harland. Lad, the world needs heroes like you. In the meantime, take care, everyone, and forever up the squeaky clean blues.